Normally we take up the the offering before uh, before I come up, but man, we if you're a guest here, this isn't something that you need to feel obligated towards. But uh, we've been we've been blessed every year. Once once one service a year, we do a heart for his house, and, and that's just an opportunity for us as a church to come in and see the the needs that. That, uh, that we want to try and fulfill, that will help us to fulfill our vision in, in, in reaching this community and reaching every single individual. Um, and, and so there's certain things that uh, I'll be talking about at the end of service, talking about that. I've got a loud thing going on. Y'all ignore it now that I've brought it up to you, but if y'all can help me out with that, EQ that out, that'd be great. Um, you're going to hear it, and that's all you're going to hear the rest of the service. I just ruined it for you. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll do that at the end, but uh, I'm, I'm beyond excited about that. But as well, man, last week we had a baptism service, and again today, right at the, at the, after we're done with Harvard's house with the end of service, we'll dismiss those that need to go. But if y'all can stick around, we've got another, I want to say close to 15 people that are going to be baptized today. Last week was just over that. Uh, man, it's so powerful to see people. I, I mean, it's, it's great. God calls us to a personal relationship with him. And yes, that, that's what it, you, each and every one of us are supposed to have a personal relationship with Christ. But, but it's not just a personal me and Christ and nobody else knows about it. It's a shared relationship. It's something that, that God gives us uh, that, that we're supposed to be able to go out and share with people, tell people about. And that's all baptism is. Ba- baptism is just a, a, pu- a public proclamation. You're telling the world, hey, guys, man, I'm, I'm letting you know I once was dead. I once was, was living a life outside of Christ, but now I've asked him to be a part of my everything, to be my everything, and, and in as much I want to let the world know. It's your testimony. It's a great opportunity. Y'all stick around after service and, and join us in celebrating those who have uh, joined the family. It's going to be a great time. Um, I do want to go ahead and jump right into my message today, uh, and, and I'm excited in that uh, this is going to be uh, a great way for us as a body of Christ to continue the Our House series that we wrapped up last week, stepping out into a, uh, the idea of each and every one of us are, are, are vital, integral parts of the body of Christ. Each and every one of us. We talked in our house how uh, I had had a, uh, a blown ACL, MCL, lateral meniscus, that, that simple ACL. I, it's smaller than my pinky, but that simple little ligament behind the knee that I never knew even existed before, all of a sudden when I, when I fell down, when I when playing basketball, I, I I heard it pop, heard it snap, and in that very moment, I I couldn't keep the whole body up. I couldn't stand up anymore. It's amazing how each and every one of us are, are a lot like that. We put a lot of attention. Our, our culture puts a lot of attention on on the the person on the stage or whoever's in the limelight, the spotlight, whoever's the the star. But but that's not it, man. Guys, the head of the body is Christ, and it takes each and every one of us, everybody, integral to being able to hold up that body. The 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 world, our community, can't be reached without every single individual in here. Um, so today we're starting a series called Boldness, and what I'm going to do in the next four weeks is, is look at uh, a couple different stories in Acts. Acts is, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then there's Acts. Acts is a phenomenal book. If you've never read it, uh, if you're like most people and you start a, I'm going to read the Bible this year at the beginning of the year, you know, and then you get probably about Genesis, Exodus, and then by Leviticus, you're like, okay, forget that, I'm not doing it. it, it, it jump ahead. Jump ahead, man, read through Acts. 
Uh, and, and a lot of people, I hear it all the time, that Acts is where you start to see the church really come alive, the, the body of Christ. Again, the church wasn't a building. It wasn't four walls. It was a people who had, who had witnessed this man that called Christ. They had seen the miracles. They, and all of a sudden, with this boldness within their own lives, they, they stepped out and they were super excited. They ran and told everybody they knew about who this man was and what was going on. That was the church. It was this movement, this excitement that happened within everybody realizing their, their value in the body of Christ. So all of a sudden there was acts and, and these great miracles happened, people getting saved and, and all these mighty things. And I hear people ask me, well, you know, in fact, sadly, I, I've even heard preachers preach that, that well, miracles, that, that was Jesus' time. That was then, that's not now. And, and guys, I, I beg to differ. Man, I, I've seen powerful miracles. I've seen God move in ways that you, you can't even begin to, to explain with, with, with human science even. It's just, it's nothing short of the glory, the miraculous power of God. I've seen him do it, but, but I think the reason we don't see it happen as often as we read about it in Acts is, is because we don't have the bold faith, the boldness that the church once had. The bold actions that those people had that, that led to these miraculous spiritual results. Unleashing your faith, boldness, unleashing your faith will produce boldness. When you unleash your faith, it produces a boldness, it produces a confidence. And, and that's exactly what boldness is. Boldness is nothing short of a confidence. In fact, for, uh, for our, our, our series here, this is how I'm going to define boldness. I heard a, a preacher once talk about this and he said, behavior, boldness is behavior born out of belief. Boldness is a confident behavior born out of an unwavering faith, an unwavering belief. I'll, I'll give you an example this way. If, uh, if you walk into a room, if, uh, if you walk into a situation and, and you, you, you know you're going to fail, you know you're not going to make it, you know you're not going to succeed, you, you walk in with, with this downtrodden, disheartened attitude. You walk in, before you've even done whatever it is that you were going to do, you've already walked in with the mentality that you're going to fail. If you believe you're going to fail, you're going to venture out cautiously. Also, uh, you know, if you, if you believe everybody's going to criticize you, you walk around tentatively. And a lot of us, based on, on past, on history, on, on the way we view life, it, it, that's the way people have always criticized us. And, and, and so, as opposed to being able to hear what Scripture says, everything that we read about uh, in our last series, our house and how valuable, how vital you are, instead of hearing what the Word of God says, all of a sudden, you, you start relying on what everybody else has always said about you. And in as much you walk around tentatively, not, not knowing the capability, the power, the Spirit of God inside of you and what you're able to do. You're indispensable within our house. But see, boldness, it's an outspoken assurance, a courage, a confidence. It's, a, it's an acting without fear. It's a confident behavior born from an unwavering belief. I, I pray today as we start this series, as we, even, even at, by the end of this, this, uh, this message today, by the end of this four-week series, that, that man, that, that this church would grab a hold would grab a hold of the knowledge, the power of who Christ is within their lives, each and every one of you individually, who Christ is in your life, that we would be known, not, 
Not, not be known by, by, by pointing the finger at somebody else and, and throwing somebody aside, but, but instead be known, characterized as, as a people that are bold on fire for Christ, that love others so much that, that, that we want to go out of our way to make sure, man, that, that they're taken care of, that they're fed, that we actually minister, that we care. I want to start today with a story, and I'm going to be talking in, in the book of Acts, uh, but I'm going to be talking about Peter. Peter was the, the apostle Peter. He was one of Jesus' uh, closest disciples. Of the 12 disciples, he, he was one of three that was really tight with Jesus, but he was known specifically for, for bold intentions, but more of timid actions. How many of y'all know people that are all bark, no bite? Like, Don't look at your husband right now. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't nudge your neighbor. That's you. We do. We, we know people that, that will sit there and, and they'll say, yeah, watch. Look, if you had said that to me, I'm going to. And then, and then all bark, no bite. Peter was, in essence, all bark, no bite. He, he'd jump at the opportunity. In fact, one time, it was, it, was at, uh, it was at the Last Supper. Here's Jesus sitting with all 12 disciples, Peter being one. And, and this is the night that he's going to go into the Garden of Gethsemane. The, the, the Roman soldiers are going to come in, are going to capture him. They're going to put him on trial that evening, that night, through the night. They're going to trial him. And by the very next morning, they're already taking him to be crucified. I mean, I mean it's, it, it's, it's a process that, man, they want Jesus dead. And, and Peter, before all this happens, sitting around at the Last Supper, he, he kind of looks cocky. And he looks at the other disciples and he's like, I, I don't care what these other guys do. I don't care what they say. I don't care what happens. These other guys, they don't, know, they don't love you like I love you. God, I would never betray you. I got your back. Me and you, Jesus, is on. We're good. Ain't nothing going to tear us apart. I would never. And, and, and then there's that, that all bark. Before the next morning, before the sun even came up, the very next morning, Peter had denied Christ three times. I've got your back. I'll, I'll always be there for you. In fact, one of the three times... Scripture tells us was to a, a schoolgirl that was just kind of gathered in the crowd and looked at Peter and said, aren't, aren't, you, one of, aren't you one of his followers? And to a, to a schoolgirl, Peter was like, no, 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 I don't, know, I don't know that man. I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. Timidity. Stories go on and on. But then something happened in Peter. You can read about it in John chapter 21, but... I, what I pray is, is through this series, the same thing happens in each and every one of us. Jesus died and, and three days later rose again. And, and Peter, Peter, the, the, the same Peter, he encountered Christ and there was joy. All of a sudden he, he realized, man, I, I, I'm glad you're back. But there was still a, a sorrow that's portrayed in the story that you see in Peter's life. There's still this, this timidity. And, and, and Peter, I think he realized... It wasn't so much that, that he missed the fact that Jesus was gone, so much more so that, that he realized he hadn't, I will, I'll put it this way, he hadn't forgiven himself. He was a failure. His mistakes kept compounding. They, they kept lining up. But how many of you have ever heard that phrase, you, you have to forgive others, but most importantly, you have to forgive yourself? Show of hands, how many people have heard something to that? I'd say it's wrong. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, because I think what we see in Peter 
in Acts is based out of what you see in John chapter 21. Peter's down upon himself, and, and, and he can't. He can't forgive himself because he, he's sitting there. He's always reminded of his past. He's, he's always reminded of how he failed Christ. Christ came back, and, and Christ reigns, and Christ rules, but, but I didn't make it. I'm not fit. I'm not worthy. I'll never be. And Jesus looks at him in John chapter 21 and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, man, I, I, I love you, Lord. I, I do. Even with all my failures, even with every time I've made a mistake. I know it doesn't look like it, but but I I do. I love you. And Jesus said, then go and feed my people. In other words, and it happened three times over. Each time, Jesus looking him in the eyes. And and what we have to come to realize, and what I think Peter realized that created this transition from from bold intention with with this timid action into this life of boldness that we're going to read about here in Acts is, is all of a sudden... Peter realized that Christ's forgiveness is enough. You see, I, I don't have to forgive myself. What I have to do is recognize that Christ forgave me, and that is all that I need. The world is going to sit there and try and hound you. They're going to pound you. They're going to sit there and tell you all the things that you're not worthy. You're never going to amount to anything. And, and so the same, you're going to start looking at your own life, and you're going to check yourself out. You're going to look at yourself and say, well, well I, that may be good for you, pastor. That may be good for you, reverend. That may be good for you on the stage. But, but man, that's not for me. I, I, I've failed. I can't make it. I can't do it. And the whole while we check ourselves out when all the while God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, you're still on the team. I still need you. All the way, I want you. It's such a beautiful story when we realize that that very moment with with Jesus and Peter looking in each other's eyes, I I think Jesus conveyed to Peter something that I pray we all get. God is for you, not against you. And if God is for you, man, there ain't nothing that can stop you. It's a powerful testimony. It's a powerful word when you start to realize that, that God doesn't cast you aside because of your mistakes. If he did, I wouldn't stand here. I could not stand here if God cast you aside because of your failures and your mistakes. But instead, God looks you in the eyes and says, man, I know you love me. Keep on, keeping on. I want to pick up today in, uh, in Acts, and we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 4. But talking about Peter, what ended up happening after this situation where he, he, he confronted Jesus, all of a sudden this boldness, uh, there was... Uh, it was right after the, right after the resurrection, uh, a little bit later, there was this boldness that just kind of through this moment of seeing in Jesus' eyes that, that, that Peter was still validated by Christ. Not validated by people or by his own inaction, but, but, but validated by Christ. To, man, Peter ends up walking out into the streets and starts sharing his testimony, starts speaking to the public. Well, the, the birth of, of the church, this, this movement of people, started because Peter went out, man, now all of a sudden filled with this boldness, unleashing his faith. He steps out, and, and he's, now, he's now realized everything that Christ had taught him. He had heard here, but, but now he's applied it here, and he, he walks out. And man, over 3,000 people got saved that one day. 3,000 people from a guy that, that, that couldn't, couldn't say that he was a follower of Christ to a little schoolgirl days before. All of a sudden now there's a boldness, there's a confidence that walks out and, and now he's proclaiming the goodness, the good news of Christ. Another time, there, there's another story in Scripture that talks about Peter and John and, and Peter and John are walking into this city and, and at the front of the city, at the gate, there was a, a man that had been lame, for Scripture says, for over 40 years. 
40 years that he had been lame, couldn't, had no use of his legs. And so he had lay there begging for, for change, begging for just enough to be able to make the next meal. And, and Peter and John walk by him and they look at him and, and Peter says, look, man, silver and gold, money, I don't have any of that. I, I don't have that, but I got something so much bigger. I got something so much greater. Let me tell you about it. Such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Walk, rise up and walk. I mean, with power and authority, they look at this man who's been lame for 40 years and the guy stands up and walks. It created such a, uh, uh, a stir in the community. Everybody knows that the guy that sits at the front gate, they can't walk, he, he can't use his legs. And now all of a sudden, that very same guy is running around up and down the streets shouting through the city. It, it, it created a massive stir. And as if that wasn't bold enough, now looking up forward, what happens is, is Peter and John are actually put on trial. People are talking. They're buzzing. What, what, what happened? How did this happen? How did this guy become? We know he was lame, and now he's healed. How did this all work out? And, 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 and they... Uh, they end up taking him before what was the Sanhedrin. It was the religious rulers of the day. These, these were the very men that had, uh, had, had spearheaded the crucifixion of Christ. And the Sanhedrin was, was the, the judge and rule of the day. And, and they ruled with, with a, a, a controlling arm. And so they brought Peter and John in to, to testify and what they would do in that day is they, they would dress up in their stately garb, I, I mean, very, very astute, very religious. And they would circle around whoever was on trial. So every judge circled around the, the individuals on trial. And then they would start with intimidation is the key. They would start trying to hurl questions from, from any direction, different ways coming at them. Kind of like Chris Tucker in a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> Where'd that come from? But that was the idea. It was this gimmick. They were gonna, they were gonna make use. And, and as well, the Sanhedrin had the power, had the authority to cast whatever judgment they wanted in whatever time frame they wanted. So if they didn't like your answers well enough, if you weren't quick enough to answer them or look them in the eye when they threw their question from behind, they'd say, you know what? We want to send him to the dungeon. No, what? We want to beat him. We want to take the whip to him. No, we want to take him. We want to crucify him. We want to take him outside, stone him, and kill him. They had the power, the authority. So all of a sudden, Peter and John now are, are put on trial right in the center of the circle in front of the Sanhedrin. And they start tossing their questions, start spitfiring at them. And all of a sudden, there's one question in particular. In verse 7, we read, it says, by what name, by what authority do you do these things? And I want to pick up with you in, in verse 8. Behind me here, you'll see verse 8. Here's the bold response of Peter. This, this is no longer timid Peter. Look at this. He starts off and he says... Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Which right there, I mean, I, I, if, I, if I was John, that's like the moment you go like, yeah, hey, that, that, was, that was really good. Turn it on them. I like that. I mean, they could kill us, but that right there, what are they, they going to do? Huh? That was good. I like that. Are we being questioned just because we did a good deed for a crippled, a crippled man? And then Peter continues and he says, do you want to know how he was healed? Again, if I'm John. Hey, whoa, hey, wait, hold on. <laughs> hey, we were good. We were good. We were, I, think, like, I think they were going to let us go. Shh. Just, what, are you, what are we doing? We could walk out of here. Don't, don't. Shh. 
Do you want to know how he was healed? All of a sudden, you can see the fire rising up in Peter. Do you really want to know how he was healed? Do you really want to know how, how, how this man, this crippled man who couldn't walk for 40 years, who you walked by tossing your change at every day, how I walked by and said, you want to know what I said when I said to that man, rise up and walk? Do you really want to know? He continues on. Peter looks him in the eyes and says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. What? <laughs> As me, again, me, I'm like, that's him. That's him. I just... Uh. Now, Scripture tells us that, that it was Peter and John. I mean, they, they both were bold and on fire. We'll read that here in a bit. But I, I can't begin to tell you just how bold that was. The Sanhedrin hated Jesus. This, this was the group that had spearheaded the crucifixion of Christ. They didn't want his name brought back up. They wanted him dead and gone. They didn't believe in resurrection. There was no such thing as being raised back to life. You're dead, you're gone, be gone. But now all of a sudden there's these witnesses, there's these stirrings that Jesus has, has ascended, he's resurrected, he's, he's now alive and well, and there's the power of Christ himself inside of me, and there's a boldness that's starting to stand up. And here's Peter pointing at him saying, hey, you killed Jesus, but guess what? <laughs> he's back. The religious leaders couldn't believe what they were seeing. And I want to pick up in verse 13, jump ahead a, a verse here to verse 13. Look at this. It says this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of both of them. My story, that was me. That wasn't John. Boldness of both Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. What I want to do today, I just want to break down this one Scripture right here, verse 13. Into three points, three quick points that I want to give you about, about this passage. And I, I pray, I do, I, I pray that each and every individual that we leave here today with this confident belief that produces boldness in your actions, within your behavior. The first point I want you to look at is right there in the middle of the verse. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Ordinary people get extraordinary boldness. And in the middle of that verse we read, the leaders could see that Peter and John were ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. Now, I, I want to show you something. Okay, so the Greek word for ordinary... The Greek word that we translate as ordinary is actually that funny word right there in the center. Whatever that is, that is what we translate as, what we write as ordinary. It, 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 literally, means, it, it literally means unlearned, unschooled, ordinary. But, but it, it actually, the English written translation of that same word, look here, is that word. <laughs> See, y'all got it already. You don't need a degree in Greek or Latin to figure out what that says. What other word do we derive from that? Come on, all together, what word do we derive? Idiot. Idiot. So we can reread this passage as the leaders could see that Peter and John were idiots. 
with no special training in Scripture. <laughs> Man, God specializes in using idiots. And the beauty of God using idiots is this room is full of them. <laughs> now look, you, you may be here today. <laughs> you may be here today and you may have graduated magna cum laude, top of the top, best of the best, brightest of the brightest. And, and, and I'll encourage you, God can still use you. But as I read through Scripture, what I look and what I see is God specializes in using the ordinary, the people that don't matter, the people that are, are hidden in the back. He specializes in instilling boldness in people who rise up and create change in a generation that cannot be reproduced by earthly means. It's by the Spirit of God only. By the Spirit of God only because he gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. He loves to take extraordinary people. He loves to take people that others overlook. And I think across this room, there's people in here that would, that would acknowledge that they have felt overlooked. But he gives them boldness. I, I hear it a lot. I hear people say, well, I'm, I'm not naturally bold. I'm, I'm more of a, a quiet person. I, I'm, not, I'm not a stand-in-front-of-people preacher. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a Bible scholar. I, I'm not one of those people. But, and then they kind of continue and say, I'm just A. And we just did a series on I'm just A. And, and man, I'm going to tell you, no, it's not just A. You're invaluable. Because God uses the ordinary to produce extraordinary and to confound Scripture even tells us that, that he uses the foolish to confound the wise. Man, thank God he uses idiots. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> Woo, right? I mean, look. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I am. I, I've, I, I know my idiosyncrasies, my idiotic tendencies. The areas I fail, and all the time, it's not just the devil or even people that want to remind me of them. It's the mirror that I look at that wants to sit there and tell me, you're not worthy, you can't. And all the while, God is saying, go, go and feed my people. So the same to each and every individual in this room. Each and every individual in this room, I'm telling you, God's looking at you saying, stop listening to anything else. My voice tells you that you're a child of the Almighty. That if God is for you, there ain't nothing that can be against you. You see, because God uses <laughs> ordinary people to show extraordinary boldness. And, and there, there's, there's so many ways to be bold. There's so many ways, so many aspects within your life, your circle, your sphere of influence. There's, there's so many ways that, that you can be bold. People coming up here today to, to be baptized. Man, this, this is boldness right here. This is standing in front of a crowd. And, and, and I've, I've talked to a couple of them, and, and they've already told me, Corey, I'm a, I'm a little bit intimidated. I'm a little scared. Look, man, this is powerful. This is a testimony that they're going to have, they're going to share. Uh, man, in fact, there's a, there's a group, uh, I think someone right over here, there's a group from came back from Young Life Camp. Um, man, gave their heart to Christ, and they're here today to say, man, something's going to be different. I want to follow Christ. It's amazing what God does in your life. There's another individual today that I'm beyond excited to be able to, to baptize, man. Um, got saved here 
uh, within the last few months, texted me up and said, Corey, I, I need to. And, and man, my heart just, just, just immediately just broke. So powerful. It's, it's boldness. Boldness. So many different ways to be bold, but I'll tell you this. It starts, it starts with a confident behavior, a, a swagger, if you will. But, but that confidence, that, be, that, that swagger is born out of a belief. It's the steadfast knowledge, the unwavering knowledge that if God is for me, then who can be against me? That greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That it's not by my might, it's not my strength, it's not my power, it's not anything that I possess on my own, but, but solely by the Spirit of God that now lives alive inside of me. And when you realize, when you acknowledge those, even those three scriptures, just three scriptures right there, when you all of a sudden start grabbing a hold of those, man, you can walk. Confident. Swagger. Boldly. Number two is this. Your boldness will amaze the world. Your boldness, the very boldness that Christ puts in you, amazes the world. The scripture there at the beginning of verse 13 says this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. That the Sanhedrin had the power, the authority to kill Peter and John to throw them in whatever prison they wanted to, to completely humiliate, destroy their lives, and Peter and John didn't care. This amazed the Sanhedrin. There's going to be people in your life that you encounter, and they're going to sit there, and they're going to, they're going to see the change in you. They're going to see something different as, as you boldly step out for Christ, and, and they're going to notice something different, and, and some of them will mock it, some of them will make fun of you, they may do whatever, but... but but I promise you they're going to be amazed because they're going to sit there and look at you and they, they may even say, I, I don't, I'm an atheist, I, I, I agnostic, I, I don't believe, I, I go to this type of church and we don't believe the way you believe. Whatever they want to say, we don't believe that, but I, I can't help but be amazed at your boldness because I can tell you do believe. A question I want to ask across the room today would be this. When was the last time someone was amazed by your boldness for Christ. No, no show of hands. No, I'm not, I'm not looking to, to you know, step on somebody's toes. This is encouragement here. But, but I, I do want you practically to applicably look at your own life. And on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being man by daily, people are amazed by, by God's working in my life because of my testimony, because of what I share. Down to, down to one means I can't remember the last time anybody was ever actually amazed if I've ever even been a witness for Christ. Where would you place yourself on that scale of one to ten? Um, what's, what's super exciting to me about, about a simple question like that, and, and again, don't, don't, don't feel condemned by that question. I, I want to get to the good news about it. But what I am excited about is in this room today, man, there's people that really are, they, they live their life at a nine, a 10. I mean, it's amazing. They, they, they walk around and they exude, exude joy. They exude happiness. And what it is, it's the spirit of God alive inside of them. They, they, they actually just, they show Christ 
by, by their walk every day, and people look and they're, they're amazed. They, they see the situations they walk into. They, they know what they're dealing with. They know that they shouldn't be, be full of joy. How, how can you smile during this situation? How, how, can, you, how can you still maintain you know, an upright figure, and a, a walk, when, when you've been through what you've been through? When... I know that your mom or your dad have, have walked away from you. When I know that, that, that you've, you've lost family, when I know that you've gone through this situation, when I know that, that you've had a spouse that said they'd be with you forever and they walked away, how can you still stand upright and say, God is for me? There's people like that in this room, nines, tens. There's something different about them where they're, 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 they're generous with their life. We learned last week uh, about the four areas that each and every one of us have, and, and these people are. They're, they're generous with their treasure, with their money, with, with, with what they've been given, also with their talents, their heart, with their time, with their tongue, the words that they speak to others, with how they're serving people. And, and that's what it is. People realize that, that this individual has served their way into my life, and because they've served their way, they're not just trying to beat me with a Bible, but, but because they've actually served their way, they've showed they've cared, now I, I, I've given them permission to speak into my life. We have nines and tens here today. I, I would say there's others here across the room, though, that would classify yourself somewhere underneath that. As the band comes up, as I, I do number three here in close. Guys, this is... Uh, this is the beauty of Scripture, the beauty of it all. I, I believe there's probably many more here today than not that, that would say, I'm, I'm not a 910, Corey. Some of you would say a 7, maybe a 5. Some are, are, are 3, 2, 1. And some even wondering if you've even made the scale. But that leads to number 3. Here it is. Spiritual boldness. That unleashing of your faith, it comes from knowing Christ. Knowing Christ. At the end of verse 13, it says this. They also recognized these guys as men who had been with Jesus. How in the world could Peter stand in the face of death and declare what he did? It's because he knew Jesus. He could be bold because he had been with Christ. Look, here's the key, guys. Each and every one of us, you got, you got to know, man, it's not, the key to life isn't about boldness. My whole message here, even though we've entitled it boldness, that's, that's the byproduct. The byproduct is boldness. Boldness is not the goal. Knowing Jesus, that's the goal. When you live like that, all of a sudden your life changes. You're then, you're then directed by the Spirit. You're going to see opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to unleash your faith, to be bold. Because here it is, I, a little circle graph for you. This makes it easy. When you spend time with Jesus, it leads to a growth in your faith. And all of a sudden, as, as, you, as your faith grows, as your, as your confidence grows, your actions, your boldness starts to come out, starts to exude. And as your boldness exudes, as your boldness comes out, all of a sudden you start to see the results. 
And once you see the results, all of a sudden you see what God can do in your life. From there, all of a sudden you, you want to spend more time with Jesus. And as you spend more time with Jesus, your faith grows even more. And as your faith grows even more, your boldness, your confidence, your actions start to just increase that much more. And the results start to just compound, start to grow. And all of a sudden, the very people that, that you once said, man, they'll never come back. They'll never make it to Christ. Now are seeing you amazed at what God has done in you. And all of a sudden, there's a change. There's a difference. The problem with this circle is, is that the opposite is, is, is well the same. You don't spend time with Christ. Your faith goes nowhere. And when your faith doesn't go anywhere, there's no boldness. There's no zeal. And when there's no boldness, there's no zeal, you don't see the results. And when you don't see the results, you, 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 you look at, well, why am I even bothering? Why do I care? I'm, I'm not going to spend more time with Christ. I'm not going to dive into the Word. I'm not going to pray more. And, and all of a sudden, the same thing continues with a big negative don't behind it. But look, if you're here this morning, you're here today, and, and you, you do, you put yourself at a, off the scale of zero, one, two, three, anywhere in there. Look here, here's the bright side. Your potential's huge. And it isn't like some sort of, you know, four-year, five-year theology school that you got to go and study, and maybe one day you'll make it to nine. God looks at you and says, go, go and feed my people. I'm telling you, it can be like that from a one to a nine, ten in a matter of day, in a day. God wants to change your life, change your heart. He wants to see in you a boldness, an unleashing of your faith, a, a confidence. And all of that is based solely on just knowing Him. What I want to say is, I refuse for this church, for us, this body, us as a people, to be half-hearted, lukewarm. we got to be real. The real deal. That we would fall so in love with him that we're overflowing with the spiritual boldness, love, compassion, that, that we can't help but, but reach out to the world around us. That we, that we want to go out and reach people who don't know the joy of life in Christ. I pray today that he's going to stir up a spirit of boldness within everyone here. If you'll bow your heads with me as I close, Lord God, I thank you for boldness. And I ask today that you would do a work in us that only you can do, Lord God, that, that we would spend time with you, that we would realize, Lord God, that your word is true, the same yesterday, today, and forever, that it will never fail, Lord God, and that we can rise assured, confident, Lord God, that you are with us and there ain't nothing that can be against us. And with that, Lord God, that there would be a faith that would start to arise inside of our lives and with that faith would be a boldness that starts to stir. All of a sudden, our actions would change. Things would be different, Lord God, and we would see the results that they even saw in old, Lord God, that we would be a part of somebody's miracle, of somebody else's testimony. And Lord God, with that, we'd spend more time, more time with you. Real quickly, as I, as I continue to pray, guys, I, I want to say this. I think the boldest story in all of history, no one bolder. The boldness of the love of God. Jesus Christ coming down, knowing exactly what was going to happen. An innocent sacrifice for the forgiveness solely of yours and my sin. He died upon the cross. He rose again for the dead so that we could be saved, so that we could have life, so we could have a testimony. Scripture says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone. Across this room, if you're here this morning and you, and you say, man, Corey, I, I hear what you're preaching, but I don't know that personal testimony. I don't know that, that relationship with Jesus.
If that's you here this morning, man, I'd love the opportunity to be a part of your history. To be a part of a life change that takes you from a one to man. I I can't even begin to imagine the places you'll go, the people that you'll witness to. If you're here this morning and you've never had a relationship with Christ, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Across the room, if there's anybody, I'm not going to call you up to the front, do anything weird. But man, I'm telling you, this this is a mighty opportunity. Any hands across this room, I see you. Anybody else? Awesome. All right, we're going to pray. And here's what I want you guys to do. I I ask that y'all pray with me. Everybody repeat after me. Heavenly Father, save me from my sin. I thank you, Lord. Make me new. I know you died for me. I pray that I, 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 I live for you. Fill me, Lord God, with your spirit so that I can boldly serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Across the room, everybody said amen. We thank you for salvations for life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. At this time, guys, what I want to do, we're going to take up, uh, I've told y'all, this is our heart for his house. It's a little bit different Sunday from what we normally would do. And and there's certain areas, there's certain things. We've moved into this new building and we're beyond excited about what God has done. But but, uh, we've had to step out in areas that that we know that we don't want to be that far out. I I said when we first started talking about even buying this property, this land, I said, look, we're going to, I don't, I don't mind debt, but I'm not going to leave us in debt. And and right now it's been because of us, because of the church body that, man, we've been able to pay down most of the building. And, and and I do, I want to, I don't want to leave us in debt. I want to lead us out of debt. Uh, and, and what that's going to take, there's going to be a number of things in the community that we're still looking to, to get going. We've got our daycare, um, two ladies here in the church that are, are directing that. And they've already started the application process, have been hiring teachers. And, and that's going to be a great addition to what we've already been able to do. It's, on top of that, there's, there's a numerous other community idea organizations that we want to be able to reach out and touch this area. But it does take us stepping up. And so today, today's offering is solely going to, to the building and trying to institute these, these ideas, these community events to get going. I, I encourage y'all, I've asked y'all for the last little over a month to pray about how God would have you be involved in today. Talking about boldness, man, there's people here in the community, I mentioned it from the beginning, they've already said, Corey, we, we see what you're doing, we see what's going on for the community, we, we like what's going on. They don't go to church here, they're, they're not part of, of our church, but they're a part of the body of Christ. And, and they said, Corey, when y'all do that heart for his house, we want to match. And they've, they've said they want to match up to $100,000, guys. I, I can't begin to tell you what we're going to be able to do, the lives that we're going to be able to reach and touch. But it's going to take us being able to step up. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and beg and plead and, and, and show you a crying kid or a, a lost dog. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, man, I, I, I pray that you've prayed about it. And now I'm going to just trust God. We give it to him. 
As the band continues to play, Lord God, I thank you for what you're doing here today, for how you're using this body, every single individual in this room, Lord God. Not, not a has been, not a once was, Lord God, not a, not a never will amount to anything, Lord God, but an integral part of the body of Christ to reach a lost generation, to touch lives for eternity, to change, Lord God, a, a school, to change a Northeast Texas people, Lord God, to change a college, to change a work atmosphere, to change an environment, to break down walls that have been withheld, that have been standing for years and years, Lord God, to tear down any hindrance that would keep the knowledge of Christ from reaching people, Lord God. I thank you for the body of Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Guys, y'all go ahead.